This is WSFI Spotlight, a conversation with Catholics living in the light. Hi, this is Ann Brennan, and I'm excited today to interview uh, two educators, one, Mai Wilson, and her counterpart, Lisa Aguirre, both founding board members who have taken on an active role at a new school, Chesterton Academy of the Immaculate Heart, located in Volo, Illinois, which is a northwest suburb close to the Chicago, or I'm sorry, close to the Wisconsin border. And um, this is a very exciting time, I feel, for Catholic education, particularly the model of Chesterton. So today we're going to be talking about this Chesterton model because it is a, a national network of schools, uh, specifically the new school in Volo that's going into its third year and has been very successful. And uh, at the end, our last segment, we actually have two students from Chesterton Academy of the Immaculate Heart, Stephanie Wilson, a, so a senior, and Joe Harrigan, a sophomore, and we're going to hear personally what's their experience. But first, we're going to talk to the moms and the founders. And so, uh, Mike, can you give us just a brief snapshot of what uh, Chesterton, the Chesterton Academy Network, or you know, what is it and what inspired you to start a new school? So the Chesterton Schools Network um, is a classical Catholic independent school. So they're able to um, gear their curriculum um, towards the Catholic faith, um, classical uh, studies, and um, in teaching the faith throughout every subject area uh, of school. Uh, we actually, when we were looking for uh, starting a school, we looked at the NAPSIS website. So the NAPSIS, N-A-P-C-I-S, is the National Association of Private Catholic Independent Schools, and they have a map of all the classical schools in the United States. And we found there were seven Chestertons. So my husband reached out to them and asked um, if they could help us start a school. And they said yes. So the more we weren't quite familiar, we just knew we wanted something different. And the more we learned about the classical education, how they integrated the faith into it, we just loved it. We just fell in love with uh, their model, and that's what we wanted. And that's how we found Chesterton. So here you are, going into your third year. The school is growing. And how about you, Lisa? What was your experience, and why were you drawn to this um, very traditional model, both of the Catholic faith and a very classical education. And I'm a big fan of this, by the way. My kids are 30 and 32, and I uh, truly believe if <laughs> they were around today, I would put them in Chesterton Academy because I'm a huge believer in a truly classical education. So I know you're the mother of four. So what drew you there? And do you, and you have one child at the school? I, I have a, a girl. She'll be a senior, and a, my son is going to be a freshman next year. Oh, great. So, yeah. So we um, we actually were sending our children to – our older children went to a parochial school, and um, and then the younger children had, had followed kind of in that area. And, and my husband and I decided that we wanted to homeschool. So after homeschooling for about 10 years um, – we started looking at different high school options to see what was out there and what was available. And we weren't really finding what we thought was going to be the right education for our children. We wanted something that would be uh, joyful, something that would be exciting for them, where they would really be intrigued at learning. And we did like the classical approach and for that, for that matter. Um, 
and then we had gone to an information meeting about Chesterton Academy. Uh, there wasn't one in the area that we were living. Um, and so we, we went to this information meeting and, and I decided, I knew instantly that that was the type of model in school that I wanted um, after homeschooling for so many years that I wanted to send them to high school for that type of a school. So um, since there wasn't one in our area, um, then there were many families that were interested in that area. And that's when my had, um, I had met my at that, or like around that time. And, and she had already kind of begun her journey for starting Chesterton Academy. And I had been, uh, our family had chosen to send our child, uh, our oldest to Chesterton Academy at a different Chesterton Academy. So. That's great. Um, for our listeners who may not be familiar with G.K. Chesterton, and I want to focus on the school itself, but just so you know, he was a famous, famous writer, philosopher in his day, which was late 1800s to, I think, 1926, 1930. He was a very heavy guy, but he was exceptionally articulate, exceptionally well-educated and well-versed in all the classics, very witty, and people by the hundreds of thousands, just couldn't wait for him to come out with his new articles and papers. And then later in life, he became a Catholic convert and then really uh, started focusing more on the Catholic faith. So hence the name. And before we go into a typical day at Chesterton Academy, I just wanted to read this quote from G.K. Chesterton and encourage all our listeners to go look at him and read some of his quotes, at the very least, if not his books. Quote, education is simply the soul of a society as it passes from one generation to another. So um, why don't we go back to my, I'm going to go back and forth between you two. What would you say is a typical day at Chesterton? I think it's important uh, for our listeners to understand how faith and Catholic, real Catholic values are integrated just on a daily basis. or They're interwoven, they're inseparable at Chesterton. So the students start out um, at 7.45 with morning prayer. So we have some announcements, we do morning prayer, and we walk over to Mass at St. Peter's. In Volo. In Volo. So our morning prayer, we do the four Marian antiphons in Latin um, throughout throughout the year. So we start our day with Mass, and that's crucial to us because our curriculum is centered around Jesus Christ. And who do you start with? Jesus Christ in the Eucharist. <laughs> so Mass is very important in that. And also in every class, they begin with a prayer and they end with a prayer. It's kind of a habit. It's a, a habit that they're forming. So in little ways, it is infused in there. But also the um, our teachers, when they're, um, they are very good models of the faith. Um, how about... Lisa, how about what what kind of classes um, do you take? I know um, I'm just all for academics. I'm all for rigorous academics, and I think it was great um, when we talked that there are four years of math and science, but maybe you could go into some of the more unique sure. uh, classes yeah. or the more popular classes. I'll, I'll break it down a little bit. So there's there's three different areas. So, like, obviously we have math and science. We go all the way in math. We go all the way up to calculus level. And in science, we go all the way up to to cal- uh, 
physics, for science. So um, you have, just to be clear, you have biology, chemistry, and physics. Yes, all okay. of those levels. Okay. And and each student, so... Oh, in astronomy, I forgot. Oh, my daughter would have loved to go to Chesterton. I know, my daughter she really enjoyed it. She always regretted that there was no astronomy in high school. She really enjoyed astronomy. She can still point out all the different constellations. There were. So that's what our freshmen get, astronomy and life science. So wow. it's really beautiful. Um so then it's broken down into the three segments, which I said, so there's math and science, and then the humanities. And the humanities includes philosophy, theology, literature, Latin, and history. And then we really are so thankful that we focus on the arts as well. So, you know, we, we want to focus on the true, the good, and the beautiful. And part of the beautiful is uh, drama, art studio, dance, and choir. So um, our students were really blessed this past year to have Father Quan teaching them Gregorian chant and the different parts of the Mass in Latin. So I know that that was uh, really beautiful to be able to hear them learn so much and, and sing along with the different priests at St. Saint, Saint Peter's who are, they're the canons, they're the, their order is the canons. So they're related to St. John Cantius in downtown Chicago. They are. And they they're are. literally the same, related. Yeah, there's the same order. But yes. it's the same order. Yeah. Um, so those are the those are the different areas that we teach. But it, the exciting thing is that there's no electives like, you know, if one student really wanted to take drama, but um, e another wanted to take choir, they don't have to pick. They get both. So um, the nice thing about it is that we do we do nurture the whole student, not just academically, but also spiritually. And we want to make sure that we're forming each student. Um, we're, we want to we want to form future saints so we want to make sure that you know we do focus on the good the truth and and the beautiful so um that's our curriculum we definitely are excited to be able to offer that all four years um to, to all of the students so so um i had a question for either one of you but um i was a language major so latin is dear to my heart and uh, eons ago when i was going to school i did have four years of latin i was in grade school uh, fifth through eighth grade. And so I wonder if you just wanted to comment um, why you chose Latin. I think it's great. I think it's the basis of so many languages and just a thought process. But uh, when we were going to school, they said Latin is a dead language, as dead as it can be. First it killed the Romans, and now it's killing me. <laughs> However, did you ever hear that? However, both from a liturgical standpoint and also a literary standpoint, um, whether it's the Romance languages, that are based on Latin roots, or I speak fluent German, and the grammar in German is clearly based in Latin, and even Russian declines um, senses. It's a it's a more precise thought process, I believe, in how you express yourself. So, do you want to just comment why the um, you made the decision, which I think is a great one, to teach Latin all four years? Um, Latin is actually expected at all Chesterton schools for four years. And I think it's beautiful because, because we are Christ-centered and our Catholic identity is very strong, Latin is the language of the church, and we need to keep that alive. They also, surprisingly, they learn grammar through Latin. So it's not just taught in English or literature class, but as they're learning Latin, they're learning their grammar. Right. Um, I just wanted to comment, too, or ask Lisa a question. So it's a little unusual. Um, what exactly is theology, or how do you teach it all four years? I, I'm assuming there's some thematic or there's some process. And then uh, just curious, 
maybe you can just give me an example or two of, I think the philosophy part is fascinating too, because again, it trains you to think the way of the world. So wh what, I'll, what I'll say, I know I, our students will be able to speak to that a little bit later in, this, in a different segment, but yeah. um, what I do want to say is that our, our curriculum is broken up into four different parts, like per grade, per year. So our freshmen learn all about ancient, ancient Greek and Rome and ancient times and then um after that it goes to the medieval time period and then they go all the way up to like modern uh the modern time period so all all four years it's kind of like a big huge arch of what they're learning about but when you were asking uh, about what they're learning about, like in theology or philosophy, it's all having to do based on that time period for their cl whatever grade it is or what whatever class that they're in. So, so it's so like for example, the Middle Ages. I wrote my mm -hmm. thesis on the Middle Ages. <laughs> <There> <laughs> so which uh, philosopher or who do you study? Do you know? Of course, you guys aren't the students, so you might. <laughs> they they actually know this answer. So I, okay, I would I'll save it. I would save it for them. Specific. But theology, uh, like freshman year, they would do Old Testament. Okay. Right, right. I just want to get sophomore, more specific. Yeah. Sophomore nice. year, they would do New Testament. Okay. And then the junior and senior, they'll do um, catechetical studies. Okay. So they basically, their textbook is the Bible and the catechism. That's all. Great. And senior year is a little bit more apologetics. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. So as a parent, once you sent your uh, child or now, well, your, your other child's going, um, what does it mean for you to have this kind of education for your child? In other words, have you seen a change in your child or something different that, you know, you feel is kind of, I guess, missing either? I certainly think it might be missing at certain other schools, but, uh -huh. but uh, you know, just a change. I mean, you as a parent, how do you... Sure. See? So, you know, I we were a pretty close family to begin with, um, and so it's interesting when you're a homeschool family like you you kind of you know your children fairly well um and you can work on things with them and, and uh but i think that after you know when we first had attended a chesterton meeting she wasn't so keen on the chesterton model and she wasn't really that excited about attending chesterton after she had shadowed for a day she knew instantly she came home and, and she said, oh, I definitely want to go there. Uh, that's what I want. And I asked her, I said, well, what was it that attracted you to Chesterton you know, or to like to change your mind? And she said, um, basically, the joyfulness. So there's a joyfulness uh, amongst the, the students and the peers that you really can't duplicate um, anywhere else. I think that a lot of that has to do with the fact that the teachers are so engaging. I, well, I think a lot of that has to do with they, they attend mass daily. So when you attend mass daily and you're just receiving all that grace from God, I think that that's a, number one. But I think that number two, that, you know, the students are learning together. It's taught in the Socratic style. All of our classes are, are taught in the Socratic style, which means that the teacher will guide a discussion but they're not up there lecturing. So they're not up there just telling the students, this is what I want you to learn or what I need you to learn. They're up there, they're, you know, that maybe they had homework the night before, a passage they needed to read, or they had um, a book that they, a passage that they read together. And so then they kind of break it down and they, the teacher will start leading them in questions to arrive at a certain destination of thought. And so 
and sometimes on purpose, you know, like he might lead them down the wrong path. I know I've seen a lot of the students kind of laughing and getting frustrated, you know, like, oh, we, we didn't arrive where we needed to arrive. Or he, he took us down that way. We thought we were going the right direction. And then he switched and we went another direction. And so, you know, it's it's beautiful, though, because we're teaching the, the students how to think, not just only what to think. And um, and I think that that is so beautiful in in what they're learning. So I think that my daughter is very intrigued by the two, the teachers. She's intrigued by what they're learning, not just the topics of what they're learning, but then how they're learning. So I think that that's mostly what has attracted her. And the difference that I've seen in her, I can tell you, you know, she she definitely wants to be a better Catholic. So she and she loves her faith. She's always loved her faith. Um, but I can see her striving to be better in virtue in different areas. Like she can tell where she's lacking. She knows where she needs to work a little bit better. Um, and she definitely strives to reach those those things. And I don't know, I just see her blossoming. I'm very thankful. I see all of the students. I, I'm very privileged to be able to see all of the students really growing in their faith and growing um, academically and growing socially and personally and, and growing into future saints. So just a quick question for you, Maya, the executive director. What do other parents say to you? Oh. I mean, I'm assuming most people must be thrilled there because it's such a unique uh, well um, model. I mean, sorely needed, but it's uh, it just sounds. The very parents are very grateful. Terrific. I will tell you, the second our second year um, after the first quarter, we had parent-teacher conferences, and I asked our headmaster, "How did it go?" And he said, "At least half or more of the student of the parents teared up or cried because of the change." that they saw in their students, the joyful environment, what they're learning, they're engaged, they want to come to school. And and I myself in that first quarter saw a huge change in my own daughter. The engagement with the faith, wanting to be at school, it was beautiful. All right, right now we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to focus much more so on the faith, and um, there's actually an oath that people take. So we're going to talk about that and talk about how these teachers help to form these young people. Hello, I'm Juliana Taimarazi from the Iraqi Christian Relief Council in Chicago. Our culture needs Catholic Radio as a tool for evangelization and catechesis. As a powerful platform, Catholic Radio brings Christ to us all and brings us closer to Christ. Get the real Catholic news from Catholic Radio. WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio is committed to bringing quality Catholic programs to our local community. We only can do that with your financial support. Take a moment now to donate online at wsfiradio.org or mail your tax-deductible donation to WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. That's WSFI 88.5 FM Catholic Radio, P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. Donations of any amount are greatly appreciated. Hi, I'm Ava Burke, a producer here at WSFI and a junior at Carmel Catholic High School. 
We are hoping to expand WSFI to reach up to 8 million people in the Chicagoland area. To help us reach this goal, please donate to WSFI Catholic Radio. WSFI has been a vital radio station with getting the word out to so many people. Many conversions have happened through WSFI and it has brought countless people back to the church and into the faith. But we cannot expand without your financial help. Please take a moment now to make a donation and go to WSFICatholicRadio.org or mail your check to P.O. Box 885, Libertyville, Illinois 60048. Thank you for your help in making this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity happen. Hi, we're back with Mai Wilson and Lisa Aguirre of Chesterton Academy of the Immaculate Heart in Volo, Illinois. And if you missed our first segment talking about why they started the school and what the school's all about, um, we're going to switch and really get into uh, the deeper religious uh, purpose of the school. And um, I was very impressed that uh, Mai and Lisa told me Every staff member and faculty member, when they agree to teach at the school or they're hired for the school year, has to take an oath of fidelity to the magisterium of the Holy Roman Catholic Church. And I just wanted to read it. It's pretty short. Um, so the staff person says, I, name, promise that I shall always preserve communion with the Catholic Church, whether in the words I speak or in the way I act. With great care and fidelity, I shall carry out the responsibilities by which I am bound in relation both to the universal and to the particular church in which I am called to exercise my service according to the requirements of the law. In carrying out my charge, which is committed to me in the name of the church, I shall preserve the deposit of faith in its entirety, hand it on faithfully, and make it shine forth. As a result, Whatsoever teachings are contrary, I shall shun. I shall foster the common discipline of the whole church and urge the observance of all ecclesiastical laws, especially those which are contained in the Code of Canon Law. With Christian obedience, I shall associate myself with what is expressed by the holy shepherds as authentic doctors and teachers of the faith or established by them as rulers of the church. And with diocesan bishops, I shall gladly devote my energy so that apostolic activity to be exercised by the mandate and in the name of the church is, with provision made for the character and goal of my institute, carried out in the communion of the church. And then um, I'm reading the oath of fidelity, and then they have to actually sign this. I'm sure it becomes part of their profile. So um, why is this important? my and I mean you know I think this is a guiding light for the entire year but why do you feel this is so important well I've experienced and I've noticed there's there is disunity in our church and there's disunity in Catholic schools also and I think that's um, that makes it a little weaker in education a little weaker in faith and when I saw that Chesterton schools have this oath I said, that's what I want. I don't, you know, that's what I want. That's my faith. That's my identity. That's what I want my children to have. So it was all, 
it was almost an insurance for me that they would get what I wanted them to have and that it would be authentically Catholic and there would be a unity. And there's, there's great effectiveness when everyone is on the same page. Um, I think it's great from a leadership standpoint, a management standpoint. And like you said, everybody is unified. Everybody knows the goals, knows why you're here, and commits to it, more importantly. So I was going to ask you, Lisa, um, I know we talked a little bit about specific faculty members, and uh, one in one in particular, I, I believe, is a priest. Yes. And yeah. um, I'd like to know, you know, what he teaches, how you attracted him, and how, um, I mean, it's great to have a teaching priest at, at the high school level, I think. So uh, why don't you elaborate a little bit about that? Sure. Um, one of the canons from St. Peter's is Father Robin Kwan, and we were so delighted that he would be able to teach. Uh, the first year he taught Latin, and then this past year he taught Latin and choir, uh, so we were so blessed just to have the influence of the canons, not only at the daily mass every day, but then also in our school throughout the school day that the, the kids have access to a priest. And uh, he's really, he's great with the kids. I know the kids really enjoy him. Um, but it is so important to us that we do have access to the religious in our church, in uh, our school. Again, for those who are listening who might not be familiar with the canons, um, again, uh, St. John Cantius, which is where I've been numerous times uh, downtown in the city. Um, I have not been to St. Peter's in Volo, but uh, they are well known for Gregorian chant and uh, their high masses. And so uh, Latin and Gregorian chant have always been an important part of their liturgies. So how perfect that you would get um, you know, a priest one of the canons who's committed to all of that to be able to teach these young children. The, the children are able to sing along at the Mass and know the different parts of the Mass um, and, and also to sing in Latin as well, the, the Gregorian chants. Right. And understand it. Yes, right. 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 We had to memorize this in, when we were six and seven. <laughs> so um, I wanted to switch also a little bit um, and talk about the faculty in addition to this priest that's great. Um, you mentioned there was, I believe, a faculty member who was a Ph.D. and could teach at the college level, but he was so enthralled and motivated with um, the mission and the quality of Chesterton Academy that he joined your staff. So what, why don't you tell us a little bit about him? I thought that was very impressive. I don't know what he teaches, but tell me. Um, that's our literature teacher, Dr. Ashenbach. So he came from a university, and we were surprised because we thought, you've been teaching at the university but his, what he really uh, noticed was that he couldn't, he couldn't speak the truth anymore. Interesting. He couldn't share the truth, and he really yearned for that. So when he saw that there was an opportunity to teach at our school, he jumped on it, and he's been really wonderful. And almost all our faculty say, I wish I could have gone to this school. Yeah. <laughs> they, want this, they want this for themselves because they're, they're so passionate, and they, they just love what they do. And he's just been an incredible um, uh, blessing for our school. And, you know, the parents who uh, are afraid of this classical education, is it less than th what the other schools are offering? Because there's no, you know, AP or whatnot. And, and, he'll, and we'll ask him, are these students prepared for college? You taught at the college level? And he said these students are more prepared for college in reading complex texts than, than who he's getting in his college classes. Well, I think because you have a clear mission 
and you were able to kind of start over, if you will, and get what you want. Um, as an employer, I see not all kids, but the writing skills have gone down. It's a little challenging sometimes for people to express themselves. Not that they're not bright, not that they're not hardworking. You know, they're all these millennial myths and stuff, but there's no question. And the thing I noticed the most is they may be very talented in different areas, but they're not well-read. So it is hard to carry on a conversation. For example, I'm doing an adult book club on Fyodor Dostoevsky's The Brothers Karamazov. Now, in my adult life, I've met people from Japan. I've met people from South America. We all read The Brothers Karamazov. And, you know, kids today, you just ask what kind of great literature, kind of timeless literature throughout the ages are they exposed to, if any, and they... I'm, I think they're exposed to snippets, but I don't think they really go in depth. And um, it's tied to also the Socratic method that if you encourage children uh, early on in their high school careers to start really expressing yourselves and have a greater clarity of thought, because you have to practice, right? It takes it takes a while, and it's nice to be challenged. That's the other thing, I think. It's uh, hard to have open discussions, I think, in certain kinds of school systems. Um, so I think that's one of the huge pluses of this type of I've, approach to education. Yeah, I've definitely seen that change in my daughter because she's the type of student who's quiet. Keep me in the back. I don't want to say anything. Don't look at me. And she's been able, she's been able, this is a huge change where she can discuss things and she will bring up things to discuss at the dinner table and in a very articulate, respectful manner. Like a young adult. As a young adult, and, and you'll be surprised, most of our students are like that. It's really amazing. Um, I guess uh, another thing besides, let's see, the teachers and the curriculum, do you do any sports or do you have any Do you have any fun? Now, I think learning is fun, so I am not <laughs> denigrating. I didn't send my kids to school to, quote, have fun. I did not send my children to the University of Chicago to have fun. I sent them there to learn a lot and be prepared. But um, I was just curious as part of the daily curriculum, um, do you do anything like that? And I'm, I'm being facetious about the fun. I mean, I think learning is great. So one one great thing actually, because you so you just asked about the daily curriculum. So like on a daily curriculum, uh, one of the things that I guess I, I hadn't planned on speaking about, but I I will maybe let the students elaborate a little bit. But we do have four houses that are broken into. Uh, the students have broken into four different houses, and they're based off of the saints uh, that hold up the chair of Saint Peter. So, and. Uh, Tuesdays Would you like to tell us <coughs> who those are? Yeah, sure. sure. So St. Augustine, St. Chrysostom, St. Athanasius, and St. Ambrose. Oh, wow. So those the are great the great thinkers of the church. Yes, yeah. the doctors of the church. So, um, And so they're, they're put into a house, and then on Tuesdays and Thursdays each week, they have house lunch. So they get to sit with their house. So you have freshmen, sophomore, junior, seniors I all mixed together. Yeah. And they and they sit together and they, they eat together and then they get to play together. We have a 45-minute lunch period. They can go outside and play volleyball or basketball, any sports or games that they'd like to. They can play games inside. We have all kinds of board games and card games. Um, so there's a lot of activity that they get to do during the lunch period each day. So, um, But then on... And after school level, we do have ladies, uh, well, we, we have volleyball and basketball. Those are the two sports that we currently have. Oh, there's another thing that has nothing to do with religion that you mentioned that I think was very impressive and necessary, and that is 
no electronics <laughs> during class. I, I, the few times I've gone into, you know, give talks at high schools or something, I'm appalled that they have kids, you know, on their cell phones. I mean, even adults, frankly, don't do that when you're giving a talk. I mean, if they have any manners, they just don't do it. And I'm shocked that certain schools, they won't say which system, um, uh, just don't ban it. I, I find that appalling. I mean, how, how can you pay attention when you're, you know, texting or, I don't know, gaming? I don't know what they're doing. Most of um, our parents want that. I think they it's want, a blessing. Yes, it Seriously. is a blessing. Most of our parents say, what do you do? What are you doing about it? And we say, no electronics. So when they come into school, they turn in their phone. They don't get it until after school. We don't use any kind of iPad, laptop. It's paper and pencil. That's how they learn. So they do have to turn in papers typed, but it's, you know, we don't use that as a crutch. Right. So I think there, I think a lot of schools use that as a crutch for learning instead of the personal interaction. And that's where the real learning takes place when, you, when they're able to interact with each other. Um, so one of the things I wanted to bring up, I know your school's been successful, you've been growing. And um, I thought something was exciting that I believe it's a parent, you have a private donor that was so excited that they decided to uh, give you like a matching grant. Do you want to, either one of you elaborate about that? Yeah, sure. Uh, so we are hire because we are growing so much, uh, we've needed to hire some additional staff, some additional teachers. And, uh, and so this donor came forward and offered a $40,000 matching grant, which we're um, very, uh, very grateful and very thankful for. And so any donations that we receive up to $40,000 uh, will help us to complete our hiring for the next school year. Wow. So, so um, would you like to tell any of our listeners who believe in a Catholic education or um, are passionate about the Chesterton model, how they might help you? Um, or, or if they want information about the school, um, do you want to give some I would tell details? them to please visit our website. It's uh, www.chestertonihart, for immaculate heart, .org. So that's chestertonihart.org. There you can learn about our classical curriculum. You can look to see what we're doing. And there's also a donate page there. They can donate online. They can send in a check. You'll take, you'll take, we'll it, take whatever any it is. forms of payments. <laughs> yeah. And I understand that this is probably going to go through July. The, yeah. I mean, the match, they're trying to raise these by the end of July. Right, right. Raise the and matching funds. The matching will continue until we're able to, and, until we're able to complete the match. So through July. Yeah. So um, this is an off-the-cuff question. What do you suggest your, chil or your children do or the students do during the summer? Uh, what kind of, I mean, is there any kind of guidance or do you have, I'm just curious, any suggested reading program? Maybe the students themselves would know that better than you guys. So Chesterton does have a summer reading. Um, they also, usually, we we like to give them the summer off, too. What a concept, right? So um, there are some uh, preparatory classes that we have offered, um, like for algebra review and grammar review yeah. before school starts. Yeah. But, but pretty much. Pretty much you take the summer off, and I'm sure some of your literature classes or whatever, you know, recommend Yes, list, yes. But you're saying it's have, pretty low key. We do have some summer reading, yes. Yeah, but they, yeah. but, but they, intense but enough during right. the year. And so right, they, they just continue that kind of into when the classes start. So interesting. So, um, what are your long term plans? Do you have a 
projection of how big you'd like the school to be. I mean, I know this is just better to have quality than quantity, but do you have any, you know, longer-term vision? I'm just curious. Well, we're kind of limited by our facility right now, but usually um, I, th- I think we're projecting 15 per grade, mm-hmm. up to 60 students. But if we do grow a little bit more, we can split the grades up. So around 15, 17 is, is the ideal number for Socratic method teaching. Yeah, I mean, so you have to have a certain smaller right. size if you want to discuss. You can't right. have 20, so, I mean, 25 or 30 kids. Half right. of them don't get a chance to. Right, so now our upper grades are a little smaller, but we can accommodate up to 15 per grade and then split up if split the grades if we have to. Cool. So has anybody, I guess you've only been there for three years, so nobody's completed the four-year Latin curriculum, right? <laughs> no, not yet. <laughs> not yet. They're getting there. See, I loved it. I thought it was, you know, I always thought it was fascinating, actually, so I thought that was great. Um, so anything else you want to add about the curriculum or the teachers? Oh, I do have a question. Who do you have to teach philosophy? It just sounds so interesting. I'm not used to having high school. I think it's great. I'm just not used to having philosophy offered, frankly. And, right. Um, our philosophy teacher is Joseph Gonzalez, and uh, he has a master's in philosophy, and he really, uh, he came from Christendom College, so he was probably, I think he like holds the records for like the most philosophy classes ever taken at that school, and uh, and he is very good at debate, he is very good at philosophizing, so it's it's really neat. I think the kids have been extremely blessed by him teaching philosophy. I'll let them go into that a little bit more, but yeah, he's been a phenomenal teacher for us. Well, particularly when you said, I mean, philosophy and debate go hand in hand. I mean, yeah. right? I mean, the Socratic. Yeah, so when they take right? logic the second semester of their freshman year, the parents usually know about it. Because they will test it on the parents. <laughs> Probably fail most of the time, going, no, that's not a good syllogism. No, there, right? There's a point at which our children become better at debate than, than we are yeah, equipped. Yeah, right. so, And going back at one point, I, you know, Mai said that the teachers uh, would wish they had this education themselves. But I think most of the parents that I speak to want this education for themselves. You know, after I explain, you know, this is what we have to offer, they say, well, I want to I want to come to Chesterton, too. <laughs> so I know yeah, you need adult postgraduate. <laughs> right? You need many classes in the summer. There you go. Seriously, you know, we should do that. Yeah. Well, I just think in an age, um, unfortunately, unfortunately, I mean, there are many good things about technology, but in terms of real education, um, we know life is short, you're only young once, and before you're out in the working world, um, you only have so a small amount of time, really, to really think, reflect, read, discuss. I mean, you know, and I'm sure the kids don't necessarily look at that as a luxury, but it is, and I think it's just so important to have this kind of education and integration with faith. Yeah, so, being, able, being able to think and to speak clearly comes first and then I mean when parents ask me about technology I say these kids are so smart they will pick up anything so we're not doing any harm by not offering them all this computers and technology during school yeah so um if people wanted to know more about the school who would they call I think you said you already said the site and I think we're going to take a quick break so we can repeat that again um, at the end. And now probably the most exciting part of the whole interview, we've got real Chesterton students. So when we come back, we'll um, ask the students um, 
their opinions and their experiences. Hello, I'm Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, and I'm personally inviting you to join me for the CMN Momentum 22 Conference and Trade Show. The event is Monday, July 25th through Thursday, July 28th at the Marriott Renaissance Conference Center in Schaumburg, Illinois. And I'm excited to be a keynote speaker. CMN is a Catholic marketing network, the team that equips and empowers the success of Catholic individuals, businesses, ministries, and retailers. CMN is offering new conference partner tracks. If you're a prayer warrior, grab a friend and come to the Pillars of Faith conference track to hear Bishop Joseph Perry, Father Richard Heilman, and Father Chris Alar. Or be part of the Law of Life Summit for pro-life advocates to connect with great guests like David P. Wright and Catherine Hadro and more. Find out all the details at catholicmarketing.com. See you in Schaumburg in July. Hi, welcome back. This is Ann Brennan. Uh, we're here for our final segment of my interview with Mai Wilson and Lisa Aguirre, both uh, board members and founders of Chesterton Academy of the Immaculate Heart. And the most interesting part of our interview today are with the actual students of Chesterton, uh, Stephanie Wilson, who will be a senior, and also Joe Harrigan, who's going to be a sophomore. And um, I think everybody would be very interested for you to just talk about just your personal experience, what you like about Chesterton. So just generally speaking, and then I'll ask you a few more specific questions about certain classes and stuff. So Stephanie, you've been there, you're going to be a sophomore, and you've been there? Senior. Hmm? Oh, senior, senior, I'm sorry. You're the sophomore. You're going to be a senior, and you've been there two years. I have, yes. Okay. So what's your favorite thing about Chesterton Academy in your classes? I think my favorite thing about Chesterton Academy is the opportunities that we get. Normally, I think this was said before, but normally you would get like electives and you might be able to choose music as an elective or maybe you choose drama, but you can't do everything all at once. But at Chesterton, you can do everything all at once. You can take your normal classes along with all of these arts, like art classes, music classes, drama classes, and it just makes a bunch of opportunities for you to do so much more. And it's really fun to do all of those things. So I think that's my favorite thing. So the fact that you have access to all the classes, I mean, all kinds of different classes um, based on interests. Now, I agree with you. I think it's really interesting. I, I believe the arts are very, very important for creativity. Um, I also know you went to a parochial school, yes. right, before you joined. I was just curious what the background was. So Joe, how about you? I understand you were homeschooled, correct, for years? Yes, so um, for most of my life, up till seventh grade, I was homeschooled. And then eighth grade, I attended a, um, a private Catholic school, uh, St. Mary's in Lake Forest. Oh, I'm from Lake Bluff, so oh, I, there you go. I go to Mass sometimes. Yeah. Wonderful, yeah. yeah. So I went to uh, St. Mary's, um, kind of just to transition from homeschooling into high school. And then uh, I was really introduced to Chesterton at an open house because there are these open houses where like some uh, members of the faculty will speak and you can meet with the students that the school uh, houses and I was really attracted by the idea of the school and especially when um, our prior headmaster Mr. Gonzalez was speaking and he just kept mentioning these ideas that I was already having on my own about um, 
about how your education should be not only pursued like during the school hours but in your free time and how it should really prepare you for life not just in your job but also just as a person as a good person in society in the larger world so to speak yeah absolutely um, and what is your favorite thing or favorite class perhaps um, or subject at Chesterton or you like Stephanie there's so many great classes and so many opportunities you like them all yeah I mean, I mean it's it's really hard to choose there's really? it's just such an amazing school um, both in the education that it gives you and in the opportunity to connect with a wonderful culture and to meet great people who really inspire you to virtue. So, um, Stephanie, what do you think about philosophy? I think that's just something people don't really think of much um, with high school kids. They just don't. And I think people have this weird impression about philosophy that it's kind of this esoteric, sort of out there, ancient, you know, rambling kind of, you know what I mean? That it's archaic almost. So I, I'd just be curious as a young student um, that in particular, I think it's just interesting. How do you feel about the class? Do you have any comments about that area? Yeah, philosophy, it's an interesting class. I don't really know many other people who take a philosophy class. <laughs> and so I think at first I was kind of intrigued. I was like, oh, this kind of sounds interesting, like learning about like the philosophers. And after taking two years of philosophy, I realized that it, it's kind of a hard class. Yeah. Um, a lot of it is dialogue or like Socratic method, and it's trying to reason to answers that we don't know the answer to, and so we don't really know when we've gotten there. So it's a lot of hard thinking, a lot of reasoning, and I think that actually is really cool, and it really helps you to think yep. and learn how to think. And even though the topics in philosophy are a little bit difficult and it's not always the easiest to remember, you walk out of the class knowing how to think and how to reason with other things in your other classes, which I think is such a useful skill. Oh, yeah. So how about you, Joe? What are your favorite classes or what do you find? Or you can talk about a teacher. What, what's most interesting for you? Um, well, in terms of my favorite class, it, it is philosophy for me. Oh, great. Um, <laughs> it's, it's taught excellently and it's something that is not practical in the working world, but it's something that forms the human person in virtue. So philosophy literally means the love of wisdom, and wisdom is incredibly important for someone to achieve uh, sainthood and to really be a virtuous person. Plus, it's, it's just fascinating to learn how to think well and to argue with others in a uh, respectful manner. Yeah, I just want to comment here. Um, I've had my own insurance brokerage company for 40 years, and I was a liberal arts major and have a master's in German. And I remember I had a teacher, and I said, so I guess this isn't very practical. And she said, listen, if you can write well, you can communicate well, and you can think clearly and articulate that, it doesn't matter what you do. You can be an artist. You could go into business. I mean, I'll never forget this. She said, you, you know, you can study Portuguese. It doesn't matter. What matters is you're able to convey and communicate this, and you're able to absorb ideas like philosophy. It trains your mind to think 
I mean, really thick. Um, and uh, again, you know, technology is always the whipping boy. But I, I do think there, um, there are fewer and fewer opportunities for people, both adults and kids, to just get together and debate issues or do whatever. You know, everybody's kind of into sound bites. So I think it's just so much more important to have the luxury of a Chesterton Academy education to explore all of this without worrying about the sheer practicality of this class. You know what I'm saying? It's just ridiculous. It's like you could garden, you're like, well, how's that making you money? Well, it doesn't, but it's fascinating. You know what I mean? And so it's, I think we've just gotten so far away from real education and academics. So I think the Chesterton model is just so sorely needed in this day. And um, it's great that you guys really like this. So. Um, What's your favorite book or what's the favorite thing you've read? Doesn't matter what the subject is. Unless you're telling me math is more fun. Like obviously I wasn't a math person. My son was, so I wouldn't say calculus class. But how about you, Stephanie? I think literature class is really fun. And one of my favorite books that we read this year was Dante's Inferno. Oh, great. <laughs> and I know it's not really read a lot in schools nowadays, but I found it really interesting. It just gave you a whole different perspective on like hell and I thought that was just interesting because it is gruesome and it is something that you will be there for eternity if you end up there and that's something you definitely do not want to do so it really opens your eyes and it's like wow this is something like I need to avoid and it makes you a better person and you want to stay away from that and strive to do to get to heaven. Um, I just wanted to say I took Dante in college and I read all three and I don't know if people know this but it was his 700th anniversary last year Dante and there's a site Dante sightings have you seen this I it's on the internet but um Hillsdale College by the way had an excellent um Dante series taught by uh, Professor Stephen Smith that I took last year I mean I bought the books again they were half in Italian I can't I can kind of read Italian um and it just it's timeless I mean it just it's so interesting you know the older you get the more you understand these experiences so that was great the other thing i wanted to say is and i don't know if they had it but they had a dante play at the athenaeum theater in november and had i known you then or known chesterton i would have invited you to all this stuff but the stephen smith thing's very interesting but again i think it's interesting to be exposed to people from other cultures and ideas but the real greats i mean there's a reason why these things are classic that because people, the ideas, the people, the situations, the moral issues. Um, I know a lot of people think literature is kind of a waste of time. I said, well, where are you going to explore moral issues? More easily, you know, you get drawn into the good or bad choices people make. So I think that's uh, really, really important. How about you, Joe? Um, I tell me you like to play chess better than Ray. You know, whatever you want. <laughs> I do like to play chess, actually. Um, but. The, my favorite book that I've read at uh, Chesterton is actually one which I had read a couple times before, but which I enjoyed reading most at Chesterton, uh, and it's the Iliad, Homer's, Homer's great classic, right? Um, which is absolutely essential for a classical education. Uh, the universal truths which the Iliad contains about humanity and the aspects of humanity are incredible and our teacher Dr. Aschenbach does a really really good job of 
delving into that and um, and exploring that and helping the students understand what's going on. So I wanted to ask you a question about the arts. And I um, do you do an annual play or anything like that? Yes, we do do an annual play. Last year we did Macbeth, and and. Um, in Macbeth, everyone was in that play, so everyone gets an opportunity to participate in drama. And a lot of people, they they don't think that they can act, but then we'll do some like drama warm ups. We'll do some just some acting warm ups in general, and the, our teacher will come up to us and he'll be like, "That was really good," and now all of a sudden we realize that we can kind of act and that was that was me I didn't think I could act at all I never thought about it and well and you were also shy right my daughter yeah. was shy you wouldn't know it now but she was very shy going through high school yeah I definitely did not see myself wanting to go in front of a large group of people and acting and just being a completely different person and after going through some drama classes I was like, oh, this is kind of fun. And my teacher thinks that I'm pretty decent at least. And so I decided to try out for the lead female role and I got it. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> so this was Macbeth or is this this? This was Macbeth. Oh, wow. So there you were. <laughs> yeah, so it's just. Front and center. Yeah, it's amazing just like not Killing even knowing. People. <laughs> that I can like, evil do this. little soul that you yeah. <laughs> uh, you know that brings up that's another interesting skill that's sort of a lost art for those of us who took speech classes I mean in the old days you had to get up in cl every class and give some talk or you had to memorize you know three paragraphs or I mean sorry stanzas of Shakespeare or Dante even if you weren't quite sure what it meant but you had to get up and deliver and that is also a skill to be able to get up and you know speak and like you said, both acting, but even leading up to that, that's another skill. Just to have poise, be able to get up there, be able to memorize, and be able to deliver. So, yeah. dare I ask, so what role did you play? Uh, I was Lord Macduff. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, I like it. So I got to slay Macbeth. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, um, was this just a one-night production, or a couple of nights, or... We had three different shows on three okay. different nights. Oh, great. So that was really cool. It definitely got better as we went on. The first night was a little rough, but I think that's the experience. Sure. I mean, that's why they called dress rehearsals, right? Even if it wasn't a dress rehearsal, but I mean, right, practice, practice, practice. Stephanie, can you tell me, what do you think it did to you, to, to all the student body, going through the whole process of, of the production of the drama? I think it definitely brought everyone closer. We, since it was later in the year, we had already kind of made friends with everyone, but just having that interaction with each other and being on stage and practicing our lines and just making mistakes, and we just got to know each other so much better, and now we're just all really close, and it's amazing. So have you picked one for the coming year, or is that under wraps, or we don't know? We don't know yet. We're not entirely sure yet. Okay, so what else? You mentioned art. Um, is there, is there any thematic area there? I'm sure there is, but what do you do in art? I'm just curious. That is not one of my talents, but I'm just curious. <laughs> the first year that we did art, we did charcoal or just like pencil drawings, all black and white. Uh, we did drawings of like Mary. Um, we did drawings of a still life. 
So it's just kind of like understanding and being able to put what you see on paper with like the exact proportions. And then the year after that, we moved on to oil painting, mm. which was my favorite, actually. It was really fun. I wasn't really good at it at first. And then as I started to use it more, I got a little bit better. And it's just really fun to just work with that kind of medium. Interesting. How about you, Joe? What's your favorite in the arts um, at school? Or what do you like? Or what's intriguing? Well, it's, it's something so unique about Chesterton it is the fact that we have dance and that that's our gym class. Because and what kind of dance? Yeah, uh, ballroom dance specifically. Really? So oh, yeah. Interesting. So oh, most fun. Yeah, mostly swing dance. Um, oh, how but fun! In later years, you get to things like tango, even. Oh, really? Yeah. Very cool. And it's it's something that's, like I said, really not offered in the same way at, at most other schools. Right. And it's super fun. I know a bunch of people who enjoy it, and it really lets you like connect with somebody in a more um, personal way and it teaches people how to respect one another and to work with one another in uh, in their movements. Plus it's just fun. Yeah, I mean, plus it, 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 is, yeah. it is just really fun. No matter how good you are. Um, so I think uh, we want to mention one more time. We're going to wrap up slowly. Uh, do you want to mention one more time how would people get in touch with uh, Chesterton if they're interested in more information and uh, also you might want to mention the fundraiser one more time. I'm in sales, so I can't help this. <laughs> so our website is www.chestertoniheart.org. That's iHeart for Immaculate Heart. So one more time, www.chestertoniheart.org. And you can visit our website. And on our website, we do have um, what what you were just talking about, our our unique matching opportunity that we have going on right now. We have a very generous donor who has offered to give us $40,000 uh, matching grant because we are growing so much. This is our third year this coming year. And so the, uh, any money that we is that is donated, th they will match up to $40,000. Um, so I think we're about to wrap up, but I wanted to thank everybody today. I hope people uh, will be interested and intrigued enough in Chesterton Academy of the Immaculate Heart to contact either Lisa or my um, parents and high school students or potential high school students, visit the school, get to know the school more, and really seriously look at this fabulous curriculum that integrates our Catholic faith with a really rigorous thorough academic education. I just think it's so impressive. Thank you. This has been WSFI Spotlight. For more information on this or any other program, email info at wsfiradio.org.